the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you, who the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, Andar Ola, amigos. I am Spud Goodman. <laughs> the Spud Man. <sighs> I'm laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> Welcome to a radio program that some have described as. A radio program. You know, sure, sure others, you know, have not been so kind in their descriptions. You can't win over everyone. Some are just too discriminating and judgmental to be fair in their assessments uh, of what is, like, pretty good or, or, or at least not horrible. But I, I do get it. I do. Uh, I myself, at times, too quickly label a show or a movie as lame. I'm mostly accurately, but occasionally I'm wrong. So I speak to you who right now might be mistakenly feeling that this show does suck. Give us some more time before moving on to another show, okay? You, you might be glad you did. I said might. No promises. What's it gonna be, yo? Come on! Now, as our regular designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy is out of town at some biker gathering. She does love riding her Harley. Um, I hope it's a small one, you know. It's, thank God she didn't go to that super spreader event in Sturgis this year. I need to introduce our fill-in designated laugher, who normally is our show's public sector food critic, Lawrence. Hey, how you doing? Who, me? Uh, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. So now, am I supposed to laugh right now? Well, you don't have to do it if, if you don't find something funny. I mean, as a fill-in, I really can't hold you to the same standards as my Aunt Dorothy, who, uh, who has the gig full-time. How about a brief chuckle? No, all right, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thanks, man. Uh, now I need to introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Why don't you just abstain from responding to, him, to my acknowledgement of you? That would be the honorable thing to do. Well, I... I, I can't abstain. How, how does one abstain after being introduced on a radio program? Well, just do the right thing and say nothing, then. Uh, that would be in the best interest of the show and mankind. Can we agree on that? No, we cannot agree on that. I, I'm the co-host of this program, and I want to say... I, no, 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 no. Technically, you're just the temporary co-host. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm the temporary permanent co-host, and you need to know how this type of treatment does not reflect well on you as the host. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Yeah, yeah, I deserve the opportunity to address the listeners and tell them how excited I am to get started on this well, show. For, for the sake, can, can, okay, listen, can, can we just cut to the chase? Can can I just say for you how excited you are? Are, are, are we done now? 
No, we're, we're not done now. I, I don't want to lodge a formal complaint with the Federal Labor Relations Board again, but I, I hope think not. I have a pretty valid case this time. But li- listen, I'm not threatening you or the show, but enough is enough. I have my rights. Shut up. Okay, fine. If you want to be a baby about it, what do you want to say? Well, besides being so excited about being here and you know what i will be adding to the show uh i mean um well okay can i take a can i take a moment and revisit the issue later you know in the program when i've gathered my thoughts because now i've kind of forgotten what the hell does gathered your thoughts mean i I always wondered what that term really meant well but i i will allow this to be tabled for the time being now let me get this show going as i have can i be introduced uh, now spud um, I don't like to brag, but I am the most popular person on this show, or so I've been told by management. Yeah, I still I don't mean, know about that. I mean, you guys can continue the chatter about nothing if you want, but I thought the goal of any radio show is to attract listeners. Okay, fine. Here is our intern chance. Uh, I guess I guess people like him for whatever reason. Uh, okay, satisfied? And oh, hey, before let me ask you this um, before before you respond. Um, as, uh, you know, let, let's deal with the fact that my aunt, your fiancé, uh, who could possibly right now be cheating on you at that motorcycle gathering. And, you know, I mean, she does have needs and, and she's away from home for, a, like, what, a week? And, and may I ask why you didn't go with her? There's a whole lot of things unanswered. Well, no, I'm not satisfied with my intro. And regarding Dorothy, I totally trust her. We have an agreement that if we find ourselves attracted to someone while we're apart, we'll text each other and talk about it. Now, I didn't go with her even though I enjoy riding behind her on the bike. My allergies are bothering me and the pollen count seems to be pretty high right now. Okay, whatever. Hey, hey, listen, listen, y'all. I, I wanted to tell you something here. So, Spud, I want to tell you. I want to tell everyone here. Yes, I, I need to. Um, I might be soon kind of a big thing. Oh, now, no, no, not from me being on this show, not this radio program here, but oh, being man. on TV. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm talking mm-hmm, a live, a real show. Well, why didn't you say so? Now, okay, I haven't signed any contracts yet, but but we're, we're, we're talking right now. Are you serious? You, you might get yeah. your own TV show? That is so very cool. Yeah, your own show? Lawrence, are you talking about, uh, say, a public access program or a YouTube channel show or something on that uh, ticky-tocky thing that the kids are so wild about? No, 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 none of that, none of that. The guys who are doing this, uh, are they're in talks with that um, TLC channel and uh, the E channel and, and um, oh, the, the Vice channel. Vice Channel? That sounds alarming. What kind of channel would glorify vices? You know, some of which I'm sure are covered in the Ten Commandments. Listen, I'm fully supportive of your career advancement, Lawrence, but I'm hoping you land at another channel. What's your name, scumbag? Uh, Doofus, the Vice Channel is highly respected. They, they do hard-edge investigative shows on issues that other networks stay away from. Hey, Lawrence, oh. a- any of those channels uh, would be awesome to be on. What what, what would you do, though? I mean, uh, do, what you do here, being a public sector food critic? I, I, I know some have questioned your gig. I've, I've read a few emails saying it's, you know, it's a waste of airtime reviewing food at national parks, prisons, and like state college cafeterias. 
but who else is doing it right and it feels a need and we're taking care I, of that need uh you know i don't know about what they said but what um what they're telling me here on this is that they, they want to do this uh they have a tv crew gonna follow me around 24 7 oh. just a, a few months or something like that they're gonna see what they come up with uh now rick the the head of the production company he thinks i live a very interesting lights and they think that maybe they can make a hit show out of it or something Courtney Chloe really huh so so they would follow you around and film everything uh, like uh, doing the job as our public sector food critic like okay is the film crew with you at your apartment right now you know what i hope they're wearing their masks and they're at least six feet away hey if they want to shoot me at my apartment during you know during the show i give them permission to document everything or or well you know you know maybe not when like i'm wolfing down my snacks during the show i i, I don't look real attractive when i'm talking with my mouth full or you know I've, at least that's what i've been told by my ex-wives um i think it'd be actually Actually, the most popular person on the show should be the focus of any reality show, and that would be me. Yeah, I, still, I don't know about that, but anyway. Okay, okay hold on, hold on. Look, 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 look. I said, like I told y'all, I haven't agreed yet to do this um, this project, I guess they call it, in the business. I, I think I just need to think about it carefully before I start signing the contract. This, yeah. This is a big step for me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who prefers a low profile, as you know, so it's going to be a bit of an adjustment. Well, let me say this. When I had my own TV show, it, and it was cool, you know, being recognized when I was out and about, but there were times it was a little awkward. Like, like one time I was buying a case. Now, I remember this really to this day, a case of adult diapers at Costco. It was for my neighbor, you know, Ralph, who was having problems getting around. He was like, I don't know, he's like 85, I think now. Um, anyway, the woman at the checkout aisle told me in a loud voice that the, the diapers wouldn't fit me as they were like size extra small. And, you know, Ralph's kind of short, well, really short, like like five foot two-ish. Anyway, all the people in the line behind me could hear. And it was like a Saturday morning and it was packed. And and they all started to giggle. If you know how I feel, why would you say that? I told everyone that could hear me that the diapers were for a friend, and then they really started laughing. It was it was just not an enjoyable experience. That's just a, that's just one story. It's a heads up, man. Fame can be humbling. Um. All right. Well, thanks for the advice. So, Spud, what size diaper do you wear? Because I never used to see you go to the bathroom at work the pee ever well i know you had to go somewhere while you're at the studio with as many big gulps as you drink listen that that, that is between me and my god chance uh, but i have shared this with some uh I, with the listeners actually uh, in the past i believe i i have anxiety issues urinating when i'm not at my apartment so i i've become very good at holding it if you must know okay so no diapers for spud goodman you know while i'm working remotely from home especially come on uh, you know at least not yet you you just worry about your intern duties and but anyway, right now it's time for some music. So let's lead off um, with this song by the Fort Worth, Texas band Oil Boom. You know, sadly, they have hung it up, but their music lives on. Here's something from their 2016 album, I think, Red Metal. This one is titled 45 Revolutions Per Minute. <laughs>
is Carl Reiner, and I am one lucky guy. I have been invited to and accepted to come on the Spud Goodman Show. You know how hard that is? To, Spud Goodman doesn't just take anybody. I'm so proud to be with you, Spud. Spud, your first guest, Anthony Starr, is waiting to speak with you. Cool. You know, he stars in a TV series, The Boys, on Amazon Prime. It's really popular right now, that's for sure. Oh, The Boys. Yeah, yeah. I watched the first season. That was awesome. But I'll tell you, though, I don't think I'm going to look at superheroes the same ever again. Game has changed, yo. Uh, yeah, they, they do take on the way these uh, characters are marketed, let's just say, by media companies. The Boys. Now, is this a family drama with young boys who are superheroes? You know, that sounds like a show the Holcomb family would enjoy watching. I uh, know this is a story about, you know, like mostly disgusting, selfish, egomaniac, you know, superheroes. Uh, they're really oh. unlikable. You know, maybe that's why I can relate so well to this show. I'm Teddy Powers. It's good you found a show that speaks to you, Spud. Now, if there's anyone who could use superpowers, that would be you. I know, right? And this show would be so much better. But anyway, put Anthony through his... I have some questions I want to ask him. Okay. Uh, Trevor, can you hear me? Uh, put him through. Welcome, actor Anthony Starr. Thanks a bunch for coming on our show. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, so your hit series, The Boys, is back for season two on Amazon Prime. You guys now even have your own freaking after show dealing with all things The Boys, hosted by someone who's been on this show a few times, the super cool Aisha Tyler. Basically, the show's mm -hmm. kind of blowing up, right, man? Well, I, I tell you what, I got a really positive response to season one and then sort of backed off a little bit. But in the last few months, as awareness started coming back to season two, and I think, you know, we're having a little bit of a captive audience that was spending a bit more time online with this whole COVID debacle. Right. Uh, it, it's it's really, it, the, the groundswell, uh, it's been snowballing, let's put it that way. There's been a big push from Amazon. They've done a great job of uh, marketing and, and advertising the show. And there's a real groundswell and a real buzz going on about season two. So it's a little nerve-wracking because, you know, it, it, we feel really good about the show, but we also, it's our, it's our little warped, twisted baby that we're going to give to the world now, and Heck yeah. we want everyone to love it. <laughs> well, it looks like, it looks like that's, that's gonna, that is happening. Now, now, the boys TV show, for those who are not familiar with it, um, and the comic book it's based on, has a very interesting take on superheroes, which I find refreshing because I'm kind of burned out on all the perfect superheroes you see in movies on yeah. TV. Now, you play Homelander, who is not exactly a goody-two-shoes, more like a sadistic, you know, self-centered jerk. That must be more fun than a, like a cookie-cutter superhero, right? Hundred percent. First of all, let me say, like, I, I love the superhero genre. I love the comic, comic and graphic novel adaptations because, you know, the, 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 it is pure escapism. Um, what I do like about our show, uh, 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 in contrast, is that we're not hamstrung. We're not held back by the same uh, political correctness and moral, uh, you, you know. Their, their, their true north is, uh, their moral north, their moral compass, sorry, is always at true north. And ours is very much going the other way, you know. It's going, yeah. uh, we've inverted everything. And I think 
people people do love it's it's fun of the times, right? It's uh, popular culture. Everyone loves superheroes, but I think there's been such a saturation of them at the moment that something like this that comes along and gives an irreverent, in your face, uh, yeah. arguably more honest take on superheroes. Uh, people were ready for it, and I think that was. Uh, shown in the response to season one and uh, the response to season two has been really fantastic so um, I, I think it's a sign of the times that people are ready for a show like ours uh, I would say so I, I guess it's I guess one way you could state it is the exploitation of superheroes so you guys take that on well let me say the cast is very impressive and the music is awesome so the show's executive yeah. producers are Eric Kripke uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg do they send you guys yeah. a bunch of notes or do they leave you the heck alone um, well Seth and Evan are very busy chaps uh, I, you know, particularly Seth, he's working all over the place. You know, he's got a, a pretty amazing career going on. So uh, he's a little harder to get hold of. Um, but the, those guys, Seth and Evan, are all over every script. Every like, they're they're all over the production side of things. Eric is our point guy. He's uh, he's the showrunner, and he is very much hands on. And he's he will be our direct point of contact. And he is freakishly uh, good at communicating with us and really open about the material. And uh, he, he's honestly, he's the best boss you could possibly have because he's actually just a genuinely lovely human being. And uh, wow, what a concept! You know, that, what's that? What a concept in showbiz. Yeah, that's that's gets I know it's hear. really it's it's really great. Not everyone's like that. Spud. What? Well, if I may, I find it refreshing to hear someone speak fondly on their boss, as Anthony has about his showrunner. You know, I have grown really tired of hearing you complain about our executive producer, Lori. And, and speaking of notes, I don't think I can remember when you have followed any of the suggestions that she has sent us regarding how to make this show better. You, you just ignore them. Uh, hey, Anthony, uh, I just need a moment here. Look, I don't make the salary of the Hollywood stars I interview on this show. If I got paid what they did, I just might follow the dumb ideas sent down by management. But I don't, so I follow my gut instincts on what to do here, okay? You know, she sends me notes after I do my reviews on the show. You know, she uses a lot of big words. Yeah, yeah, L Lawrence, I believe she went to an Ivy League school and she just wants to utilize what she paid for. Hey, uh, man, I use everything I can remember from my community college years. And, 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 they, and they, it works, okay? It works. They're much shorter, but they work. So, so let me return to Anthony. All right, I'm back. Thank you. Let me get this in because I wanted to know this. You, you hail from New Zealand and made your debut in America on the Cinemax series Banshee. It lasted four seasons, which for that channel is amazing, and later a season on CBS's uh, American Gothic. So besides what was served yeah. on the craft services table, what are the main differences between productions in your country <laughs> and here? Is the pace quicker or about the same? Well, I've got it. I, I, I'm sorry. I know you want to cut it out, but craft services is way better over here. Yes. Um, it, but but look, you, you know the main difference is scale. Uh, honestly, the, the, the budget in New Zealand, for example, you know you might have like four or five million dollars an episode over here on any given 
Sure. Um, whereas in New Zealand, it's probably about 400,000 per episode. So it's really, um, it, 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 I mean, you're, you're just ham, hamstrung by, uh, by, by the budget and what you literally can do. Right. That said, um, it, it's all basically the same thing, you know, two actors or, 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 or more, but usually, you know, to, to take it down to brass tacks. It's two actors standing in front of each other trying to tell the truth, uh, working with a director and a DP, and, and that is the same the world over. You know, it's always the same thing. So, all, right. uh, all the rest, all the rest is trimmings, and it's wonderful and it's great. But it's very easy to get distracted by that. Uh, by that, and I think uh, being an Antipodean and coming from that environment, you're really appreciative of what you've got, and. Uh, you know, I, I I love working over here, but it is basically fun. The fundamentals are exactly the same. So, well, yeah, uh, you live you live in like New, you live in like Santa Monica now. That, I wanted to ask you this to close this thing, uh, or somewhere in this country. What, what I wanted to know is, what do you miss most from New Zealand besides like having a better president, or I think the position is prime minister there, J- Jacinda Ardern, ha- is, right. a, yeah. is a real superhero. I mean, you guys lead, lead the world in dealing with the coronavirus. Uh, we here not so much. Yeah, I mean. I, I didn't even need to comment on that because it's so self-evident. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah I think so. Jacinda, Jacinda's our girl, man. She is. She has really come to the fore, and she's young. She's energized, and this is her first time. She's had to deal with a, a, a mosque shooting and a pandemic and all sorts of other things. So she's done a great job. But like, I mean, what do I miss from home the most? Family, friends, and good old fashion New Zealand barbecues. Ah, there you go. Just staying out in summer and with sausages, steak, lamb, whatever you want to put on the barbie. Uh, it's just the outdoor living that we have over there. And I know you guys grill out and it's, it's great. It's just not quite the same. And I don't know how to describe it other than maybe it's a little more grassroots, a little less fancy, but there's something really quintessentially New Zealand about it. And it's Amazing. So right. I really miss that. Oh, and we have pretty incredible beaches down there. Yeah, I heard that. Don't rub that in. But all right. Well, I know you got to get you got to scoot. <laughs> so let me remind everyone that you're amazing. Amazon Prime series, The Boys, is back for season two. I, I know I, I'm going to be checking it out immediately after this. So thanks a lot for for speaking with us. Thank you so much for having me, my friend, and take care, Mr. Anthony Sir. There's still more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. Hey, Al, this is Gwen from Trees and Timber here on our sixth Spud Goodman performance. Because we love it so much, we'll keep coming back until he won't let us come back. And then we'll stand outside the door waiting for him to show up so we can beg him for more appearances because we love it so much. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hey, uh, say, Lawrence, can I ask how those big-time TV producers discovered you? I mean... 
you didn't just run into them at the grocery store or something, right? No, no, not like that. I guess they Googled me. <laughs> I didn't know that I lived such an interesting life. Huh. Seems kind of ordinary if you ask me, but I guess I'm fascinating. You had me at hello. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that. You are pretty fascinating. Yeah, well, you know, I've been told I'm fascinating, too, by a lot of people. You know, people lie a lot, so you got to be on your toes. There must be something that sets you apart from other fascinating people like me, as I, I've never been approached about a TV show. Well, I don't know. They said it was the scope and arc of my life, I guess. You know, huh. being a teenage spelling bee champion in the ninth grade, yeah, I finished fourth in a semi-national competition. And then, of course, I was selected as the lead in a local community theater production of Annie. That was when I was in high school. And then me earning a scholarship to MIT. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did later drop out in my freshman year because I wanted to go study art. And then that was when I spent a few years in Paris working on my expressionism skills. Well, also a bit of work in cubism. These guys, they make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell. Yeah, I didn't know you studied art in France. Um, I guess that's why you're so good at it. Did, did you like wear a beret or, or something over there? Oh, yeah, yeah, I wore a beret. In fact, I bought a few berets when I was there. I still have one that I wear sometimes. Yeah, oh, cool. But anyway, anyway um, I, I guess what really got the attention of those producers was <laughs> me catching that art forgery beef. Yeah. yeah. When those seven years over at Pelican Bay Prison. Now, now, you remember me telling you about me being on that old MSNBC show, Lockup? Yeah, yeah. When they came out there? Yeah. But they found this old episode that I was on on that show over on YouTube. Oh. And they told me that my screen time, even though it was really limited, that it stood out because they, they use that charisma word a lot, you know. Uh -huh. and prison shows, ex-cons, they're just really hot these days. So they saw you on an old lockup episode on YouTube, huh? Hmm. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And they just thought you'd be perfect yeah. for a reality show? Yeah, I suppose. I, I was a little surprised. You know, I, I was just kind of in the background that whole time. I was just mopping floors, just doing kitchen duty. Now, I guess it was my total body of work that interested them. Huh. So, okay, so being an ex convict was uh, like a prerequisite for getting your own reality show okay okay let's slow down I, I don't have my own reality show yet we're just in talks well as they say in the business oh. but uh, yeah i think my incarceration just seemed to have helped me out some i almost had to spend a night in jail when i was 19 i got caught with a bottle of beer by a mall security guard in the parking lot he threatened to lock me up on a minor in consumption charge I drank beer with my friends. I liked beer. I still like beer. But he just ended up calling my parents, and they gave me three weeks of restriction for that. As you deserved, Chance. You know the old saying, if you can't do the time, then don't commit a felony. So, Lawrence, I guess it's a good thing the TV producers don't hold your criminal record against you, but, but it does seem to be a bit discriminatory to those of us who, that have not spent any time in prison. Uh, I, guess, I guess I lack the street cred, as the kids say. They're probably watching me. Well, let them. Let them see what kind of a person I am. 
Uh, you lack more than street cred, but whatever. Uh, yeah. well. so Lawrence, uh, you didn't say, will they be filming you in your role on this show doing, you know, your public sector food critic job? Because, you know, riding on those Greyhound buses that you have to deal with might not be a lot of fun or, or even safe for their crew right now. Well, what they told me was if we get the green light, they said that my days of traveling on Greyhound buses, they're over. Yeah, I guess I'll be flying over to my assignments now. And that's nice, but I have some relationships built up with a, a bunch of the, the, the Greyhound bus drivers and all. A couple uh-huh. of them are good buddies of mine. So, yeah, I, I'm going to miss them. Well, that's the price of fame, I guess. Yeah. You know, I doubt you can chat with the pilots unless you travel on Southwest. They seem to be exceptionally friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess, but... You know, this whole thing, if it is a go, it's going to take some time getting used to for me because, you know, I don't know if my my turtle Ed is going to feel comfortable with the lights and the cameras around in my apartment the whole time. Look, it's pretty small. It's a cramped little place there, you know, and with all those people around and everything, it might freak out. Ed. He's a loner type. Well, I, I know my gerbil Jeff gets a little tense when the cable guy used to come by. He he, he brought, you know, he did bring treats with him, so you know, <laughs> Jeff would mellow out a bit. But I don't know. Some pets really are just not cool with a lot of traffic in the home. So maybe you could find you know some like turtle downers to help Ed adjust. Ooh, yeah. You, you know, just for the first few weeks. Oh no no no, Ed he. No, he would never do pills. No, 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 no. I couldn't even get him to take his turtle vitamins. I have an ocelot if anyone's interested. Well, not really, Chance. All right, we we can get back to this reality show thing later. Right now, I need to play some more music. So, uh, you know, let's uh, let's play some blues. Uh, and why not go back to the birth of it? You know, if we're going to play some, let's go back to the source. Here is Blind Willie Johnson with Mother's Children Have a Hard Time. Uh, hit it, Trevor. Love, love, love. Hey, well, 
when mother is dead. As mother was doing, mother dead. I may say that mother was do, but soon as she marries, she turn her back on you. Nobody treats you like mother well. And father will do the best he can when mother is dead, Lord. Well, the best he can when mother dead. I'll do the best he can. So many things your father can't understand. Nobody treats you like mother well. And motherless children have a hard time when mother is dead, Lord. Father let children have a hard time for the dead. Well, I have anywhere to go, one dead around from door to door. Have a hard time. This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Spud, I believe your next guest, Brian Stelter, is ready to go. Uh, now, I've heard he works at CNN. Is that right? Uh, yes. He he hosts their Sunday morning show, Reliable Sources. It's on early, okay. like 8 a.m., I believe. It's a good show and often kind of depressing as he usually puts together clips from all the stupid things Trump said that week. Uh, I try to wait until it's over before eating breakfast. You know, I think I've seen that a few times. Mostly it was kind of before I hit the set. Well, I usually call a Saturday night good when the sun comes up. So I guess Sunday morning that would be. I know that, dude. You know, I hope Mr. Stelter does not bring up Fox News. I'm very tired of everyone criticizing them. They are uh, the uh, America's news source, and we need them. Uh, his book is about Fox News, dude. I and mean, come on, I, you never heard, you've never, not heard of the book. And I read he interviewed a bunch of employees who work at Fox right now and past and pri you know prior employees. I bet they all want to be rescued. Hell will freeze over. Yeah, that would be a tough kick for sure. Uh, just put him through, please. Yeah, very, very well. Here he is. Please welcome author, CNN anchor, and chief media correspondent, Brian Stelter. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on our show. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, so you you have a new book out, Hoax, Donald Trump, Fox News, The Dangerous Distortion of Truth. Now, full disclosure, I'm a regular viewer each Sunday morning of your show, Reliable Sources. You do great Thank work. Thank you. Yep, Thanks. yep, yep. Uh, I mean, you detail the almost surreal world of politics in the area, era uh, of Donald Trump. Most of the content covered on the show would not have even been believable 15 years ago, but, it, but it's more than real right now. Do you <laughs> get freaked out putting your show together each week as things keep getting weirder and weirder? <laughs> well, first of all, I'm grateful that you wake up early there uh, on the West Coast. You know, I'm on at 11 a.m. here in New York, but you're up early with me, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, I hope when you're waking up with your coffee that I'm not freaking you out too much. But the news is what it is, uh, and we have to cover it without fear or favor. Um, unfortunately, there's a war on truth going on, and I think we need to make sure that the truth wins. 
Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I also, uh, well, I, I actually record it and watch it later. Uh, Howie Kurtz's show, Media Buzz, on Foxy Sunday. And I get whiplash after a few minutes. And I guess that's the essence of your book, right? Now we now live in two alternate media universes. You were not the first person to make that comment to me. But I have to tell you, I, I don't actually watch the other shows that are on at the same time as me. So I, I don't really know what viewers of Fox are hearing at that hour. I, I do know that in general... Fox is an alternative reality, focused on different topics, mostly making excuses for the president, mostly excusing uh, his conduct and misconduct. And uh, what I hope is that people seek out a healthy media diet. You know, watch a little bit of everything the way that you're watching everything. Yeah, well, you know, all, all their non-news on-air staff are so much on the same page, so well-coordinated in their message. Be, you know, whether it be fear the immigrant or scare the suburban woman about the, you know, coming rioting in their neighborhood, it's so impressive. You just don't see that kind of discipline anywhere else, right? <laughs> I mean, well, maybe O.A.N. or Sinclair, but you know, it's impressive. I'm sure Fox will appreciate your compliment. <laughs> well, well, impressive. Look, this is one of the reasons why I wrote Hope, is I had to write this book because Fox has changed. It's not just conservative, which I think there should be a lot of conservative and news out there, just like liberal news and all the rest. What's happened is it's become more conspiratorial. It's become so sycophantic in support of Trump no matter what. And I argue in my book that actually doesn't help Trump. It actually hurts Trump. Because he's not growing his base. He's just watching Fox, getting angry, tweeting about what he sees on Fox. And ultimately, I think that actually undermines his presidency. Well, do you think there's anything at all that they could not spin? I mean, I, I what I see is they can spin anything Trump does, anything, like in an hour or two, if he actually did, you know, do the the, the shooting on on Fifth Avenue in New York, a homicide. They they could sell that too. To just give them, a, you know, a few hours. Hmm. Interesting. Look, look, I think the the main strategy over there is to change the subject, deflect, distract. Talk about something else. So when the news is really gloomy for Trump, uh, when, you know, when evidence of misconduct is exposed or Bob Woodward's book is making news, yes. they, they just change the subject. They're really great at that kind of whataboutism. And, uh, and I have a bunch of chapters in, in, in hoax about all those examples of changing the subject. Excuse me, Spud, but if I may ask, well, what about former President Obama and his fast and furious scandal or the Solyndra deal or that... You know, that tan suit he wore while serving as commander-in-chief? Oh, he made steps while in office, and you never had any authors on this show that would take him to task. You, you may watch the news, but you don't really listen to what is being said. I mean, sure, President Trump may have made a couple mistakes in his first term, but they pale in comparison to Obama. Uh, Brian, just a sec. What? You're actually comparing the mistakes Obama made in eight years to the daily scandals of the swampiest administration in history? In his first term, Donald set a record that even the worst third world wannabe dictator could ever touch. Hashtag fake president. I want to say something. Look, I'm no expert in politics, but that Donald Trump, man, his presidency was one big cluster. Oh, I don't know what what planet you two live on. Open your eyes and ears. The truth is out there. Yeah, a lot of things are out there, like malls or Taco Bells and cul-de-sacs. <laughs> Just let me get back to Brian. Okay, sorry about that, but I'm back. Well, you personally communicated with how many current and prior Fox News staff in writing this book? Well, so in the research phase, I, I interviewed 140 current Fox staffers and 180 former and other people in and around Fox. 
I wanted to talk to as many people as possible. The reason why so many people were confiding in me is because they're frustrated that Fox has gone off the rails. Those are some of the staffers' words, not my words. They feel like the channel's become dangerous to democracy. It's a really um, wild time to be inside Fox News. And nobody had written about it before in this way. So that's why I was so interested in it. You know, with the pandemic, we've seen the life and death consequences of disinformation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when they maybe call you, is it more like the killers inside the house and you're 911? Oh, geez, I hope not. I hope not. Look, I think there's actually a lot of great people at Fox trying to do their best work, trying to produce quality journalism. But they tell me they feel suffocated. They feel squeezed out by the pro-Trump propaganda. And then here's the thing. Viewers prefer the propaganda. You know, the ratings are a lot higher for the talk shows than they are for the news shows. So that's not just a reflection of Fox. That's a reflection of what's changing within the GOP. Right. Well, shout out to Jennifer Griffin. Uh, that's for sure. But All right. Um, well, let me ask you this. Uh, how many hours of the day do you think Donald Trump is watching Fox News? Because uh, that's, a, that's a topic that people <laughs> kick around. It's not healthy. It's good that he uh, golfs totally. all the weekend. Well, look, look I think if you're going to watch TV all day, you should flip around, watch lots of different channels, and get a, get a well-balanced diet. Heck yeah. Uh, in the book, I say that Trump watches at least six hours of, of Fox every day. I'll tell you how he watches so much, though. He does watch on a DVR, a really fancy DVR. He does fast-forward through the commercials. He fast-forwards through the non-Trump segments. You know, so, so he is able to uh, gorge on a lot of TV, um, you know, in, in maybe, let's say, three hours instead of six. But uh, I think it, it is unprecedented, and it needs to be understood that he wakes up in the morning with Fox and Friends, and he goes to bed at night watching Laura Ingram. That is unprecedented for an American president. Dang. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I was wondering, does Trump even have Netflix in the White House? Because I, I know he has HBO as he comments on Bill Maher's show. I mean, we know Obama had it all, even the pay channels. But you think he just keeps it locked right, on Fox, huh? Right. Well, he, he does He does have HBO. He does have all the channels. We know that he does watch CNN sometimes, some of the broadcast networks. He hate watches Morning Joe on MSNBC. Again, via the digital video recorder, he's recording all these shows, and then he can skim through them whenever he wants. Uh, but in terms of entertainment shows, dramas, comedies, there's really no evidence that he watches much other than news. You know, if, you know, we know that Barack Obama liked to watch ESPN to get away from all the news, but Trump seems to want to soak in the news. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let me close with this. Looking to the future regarding Donald Trump, even in defeat, could he be more corrosive to our civilization? The prospect of, like, Trump TV 24-7 could be our downfall. He, he's not going anywhere, is he? Even if he's forcibly removed. His, Trump, his fans would say they want Trump TV. They want more of Trump. They would say he's not corrosive. They would say he's saving the country. This is the fight that we're having, and it's so fundamental about what America is, what America should be. Uh, I think the answer to your question is, if he loses the election, he will be very visible, either on Twitter or on TV. I think it would be very hard for him to launch a network. And in hopes, I explain why I think that uh, Fox is actually even more powerful than Trump. Uh, but hey, maybe they'd work together. Maybe Trump would have a show on Fox News someday. Huh. Well, well, you know, you know, I had this nightmare that that he bought some elixir that gave him eternal life. You know, and I went to bed actually that night. But anyway, all right, I'm gonna let you go because I know you got stuff going on. So <laughs> let me say again that uh, people need to go out and find your book because it's selling incredibly well. Uh, it's hoax, Donald Trump, Fox News, and the dangerous distortion of truth. It's available everywhere books are sold. Uh, hey, hey, man, just thank you so much for speaking with us. That was great. Thank you so much for having me, Mr. Brian Stelter. I've tried it. I've tried it too. Did you like it? Boy, did we! 
This is a Spud Goodman Show. Does anybody want to take a call from that executive producer lady, Lori? Trevor texted me to say she's holding to speak with you, Spud. Yeah, she's texted me about a hundred times in the last 15 minutes. She needs to chill as, I, as I'm working here. Yeah, Spud, she is our boss, and you need to respect the chain of command. Then that's important. Uh, Chance, please tell Trevor to put her call through. All right, whatever. Well, did we do something wrong? No, no, no. She's always trying to micromanage me. It's, if, if it's important, she can bring it up you know, on our next Zoom staff meeting. I think Trevor's putting her through now. Oh, great. Ah, you know, hey, listen, I don't, I don't hear, there's no one there. Let's just move on because I got a bunch of other stuff I need to deal with. Hello, you know, am I on the air? Yeah, now, now you are. I wanted to deal with this off the air, but for the last 20 minutes, I've been trying to contact you and you are ignoring my text. Yeah, I, I think I heard it was 15 minutes. So let's not be overly dramatic here. You know, Matt, is there something you need us to do? You just let us know and we will make well, sure. Excuse me, excuse me, but don't say the we word. OK, not the W word. As well, an American, you are legally protected and allowed to say me or I. But you can't speak for others. That is not free speech. That is a case of speech forgery. In my position as a talk show host, I did not sign off on any conciliatory agreement with management. Would you be where you are? had there not been a sex tape? No. Listen, I have no time to go into a rabbit hole debating with you, Spud. I'm issuing a clear and precise directive. For anyone working on this show, it is not appropriate to promote a production that is not associated with our company. <laughs> Jack, what you're saying. You mean we, we can't plug Lawrence's possible reality show? That is That is unconstitutional. You know, or something. Uh, I binged on a ton of old Law and & Order and Boston Legal episodes. I have a pretty good grasp of, like, basic constitutional law, and I believe you have infringed on all of our rights by trying to block us from helping them out. Hey, hey, hey look, look, I, I don't want to cause a problem here, okay? Uh, no, I, I guess I shouldn't have brought this up. Look, I, I'm sorry about this. There's, there's no need to apologize. You are an employee of this show, and we support our coworkers. Lawrence, I mean you no disrespect, but your position is classified as an individual contractor. We pay you for each of your public sector food reviews in addition to your expenses. And that's what makes you promoting a production outside of your duties with us problematic. Well, look, like we are competitors of the Discovery Channel or that E Channel or the TLC, whatever that other one is. In what world does your mind res reside in? He's a loyal employee, okay? Uh, geez, he has to eat a buttload of, of garbage food at all those public facilities, and we can't help him out here? That's wrong. I am just following corporate guidelines. <sighs> okay. I love your work, Lawrence, and I know for a fact that our listeners do too, but this is out of my hands. Ms. Madsen, we will refrain from talking up competing broadcast outlets. W would that make you happy? Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Yes, that is all I'm addressing here. Thank okay. you, Gerald. Once again, you are the lone voice of reason on your program. Okay, Thank I'm going to hang up now, but I'm going to continue to monitor this program. 
Is she gone? Yeah. All right, good. Hey, getting back to what we were talking about, Lawrence, don't worry about what she said. You know, Lori, the, the you know, management. If you get your own reality TV show, does that mean, though, that I will have to go through your people when I, you know, want to get a hold of you? It's already tough enough as you never answer my texts and practically never pick up when I call. Oh, yeah. Well, about that, the phone thing. Sorry about that. You know, I always forget to charge it, so it's always dead. You know, I'm trying to get better at that. But, yeah, the producers told me that if this project gets a green light, that I'm going to need to make some adjustments in my life because I guess they need to be a bitch. That's ridiculous. But, you know, you, you will tell your people to put my calls through if you have, like, I'm sure you're going to have, like, a personal assistant, right? I mean, I mean we go way back. No, no, I no. I, 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 I that's going way back because uh, yeah, I've only worked on the show for, what, a little over three years. Hey, yeah. no, no offense or nothing, but you're not one of my close buds. Yeah, I think maybe work friends would be a little more accurate. Work friends? Yeah. Uh, I well... I would certainly be in that category too, Lawrence, because we are really good work friends, wouldn't you say? I don't think so. Yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't know about really good work friends, but, but yeah, we, we do sort of work together. Um, really, at least really not good right now. Yeah. Why do I get the vibe that you're already moving on from those of us who, who were with you? You know, when you weren't so famous, you know, uh, I like you just fine as a nobody. I, I too like you just fine right now but if you do get this show i hope that we can continue to build on our relationship lawrence yeah maybe we could try uh, hanging out a bit as the kids say when this darn pandemic is over uh, maybe then you could come to my place and join our family on board game night hell will freeze over it's such a hoot and would make the show must see tv i guarantee it yeah, well, about that, I, I could say, yeah, maybe, but it would be a lie, because I, I don't really dig board games. Yes! Right? I mean, he's been trying to get me to come play those stupid games for years. Th thank God for the lockdown, you know? Uh, dude, the only board game anyone with half a brain would want to play is Cards Against Humanity. But you won't play it for some reason. No, I won't. And, and neither should any responsible adult i've never played it myself but my wife has told me it is a very nasty game so uh, no everyone should rest assured the holcombs will never ever play it on game night why would anyone play a game on a table with dice and little pieces to move around there are no sounds or flashy graphics my parents never bought me board games i was told i was given my first psp at 11 months I could hold my own even then at the family get-togethers. And, though, you became a video game zombie, you know. Someone should still report your parents to, you know, to Children's Protective Services. Come on, yo. I mean, I like video games too, but you take it to a level where it's scary. So, anyway, getting back to Lawrence. So, you know you're going to have to deal with people always dropping by your apartment in hopes of, like, getting on camera with the show, even with this darn virus that's, that's with us. Yeah, yeah. I was I was told that I may have to do a bit of uh what they say culling of the herd. Well at least that's what the producers say. Even family members. Yeah, the show's only uh what twenty one minutes long each week and that's with commercials, so there's not gonna be enough airtime for everyone trying to get on the show and all. You know, you and the producers will find out soon that only a select few have the charisma and, dare I say, star power that will make viewers want to get to know them better. 
any good reality show must have at least a couple of camera-friendly regulars. Any, many, mighty, mo. Now, I'm not pushing for my involvement, but I do bring something to the table that might be helpful to your show. What is that, Gerald? Just curious. Yeah. Good question, Chance. Uh, Lawrence, prepare yourself. You are probably going to have to get a restraining order for, for your mailman or paperboy, if, if you still have one. I, I try to still subscribe myself, or, or my, uh, my neighbor does, and I, I ship in a little bit, and I borrow it. But anyway, and your landlord, I, I bet you he's going to be at your place all the time, so everything is, is going to get fixed for sure. That's the good, that's the upside. I mean, what landlord wants to look like a dick on camera? Well, my landlord is a major dick. You know, I, I don't think he'll care at all if America sees it on TV. And then you wonder why some people don't like me, folks. <laughs> okay, you know, I, I, I don't want to be a human buzzkill here, but are you prepared? Think about this, for the producers picking someone else, okay? I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm guessing you aren't the only person they're looking at to do a show about, right? No, no, I'm prepared for that. I mean, uh, they've been up front with me this whole time. They're choosing between me, an 83-year-old lady who teaches uh, a hot yoga class, um, one of those millennials who kind of swore off all social media and, um, oh, oh yeah, yeah. An ex radio DJ who has his own podcast now. So I, I guess there are a million of those guys all around the country. So it's a hot demo. I think I'd watch a show with that old lady teaching the hot yoga class. It sounds interesting. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you, Chance. It could be pretty cool. Well, I know it will be disappointing if you don't get your own reality show, Lawrence. But you know the old saying, when a front door closes, another door, like say a back door, might just be cracked open just a bit. Now, I was wondering, though, if you might have a card or a number uh, for those producers. Um, um, you suck. Just in case they pass on everyone that's under consideration right now. Uh, uh, I'm the only one, only one who's had his own TV show, okay? For many right. years, many years. I would be just as interesting or maybe even more so than, than any of those ex-DJs with podcasts. I mean, come on. I, I'm pulling for you, Lawrence. Don't get me wrong here. But, you know, if, you know, if they should decide they need some fresh options, I would do lunch with them on a remote basis. Maybe we could do a Zoom lunch and, you know, have snacks. Each of us have our own snacks. I don't know. Who knows? But I would be, you know, I'd be willing. And I would make sure that you, if I got the show, could drop by my apartment, uh, you know, anytime you wanted to. Because um, that's just kind of the friend I am. Except maybe if I have a woman over. And then, of course, you know, I would leave a, a jock strap or a mask. You know, or, you know, something on the front doorknob. That's so hot. <laughs> now, now, look here. The way I look at it is if it's meant to be that I'm some TV star that I'm going to be or something, but then, then so be it. In the meantime, I'm just going to live my life. So, okay, now, is this show about over? Because I got stuff to do, man. Yeah, I, I think I'm about ready to sign off. Is there anything more you want to say? Nope. Lawrence out. I have nothing further to add. Can I hang up now? Uh, okay, well, I do have a few thoughts I would like to share. As okay, then. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. 
The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Producer, David Brenneman. Produced at Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, TJ Pite. Video director, Wyatt Young. Production assistants, Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2020 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.